Why, hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Justin Young over Zoom video. Justin was born and raised in Hawaii, and he talks about how he got into music. Actually, early on, aspired to be like boys to men. He showed up to school in a purple suit, was way into uh, vocals and, and singing different choirs and choruses. It wasn't until his senior year of high school, he started to write songs and was playing ukulele for a class project. He recorded one of the songs, a local recording studio, let him record a song there that they then use kind of as a marketing for a marketing class to, to sell. That was the product they were selling. They also hosted a songwriting competition that Justin ends up winning and gets kind of signed to this label, this really independent label in Hawaii. He puts his first full album out. It's getting radio play. He's doing radio shows. His second record does even bigger things. He eventually moves to Los Angeles. He talks about that and going from playing bigger shows, having radio play to like playing restaurants and five hour sets with a handful of cover songs. He tells us a story about getting the call to play with Colby Calais on the Tonight Show or a late night show. I think it was a Tonight Show. And from there, it kind of changed his life. He ends up touring with her. They ended up being in a relationship for a number of years. They started a side band that put out one record right before the pandemic started called Go West. But Justin was always working on his, his solo material. But during the pandemic, lots of things changed in his life. And that's when he really started to focus back on writing and releasing songs of his own. And he tells us all about the song Still Can't Get Used to the End, which is his favorite song he's ever written and his most recent song, Back to the Blue. You can watch the interview with Justin on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, we would love it if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Justin Young. This podcast is about you and uh, your journey in music, and we'll talk about uh, the new stuff you have out as well. Great. I love it. Cool. I did see you're born, you're born in Hawaii, correct? Born and raised in Hawaii. Yeah. Have you been? I've been only once. Um, we went, my, my wife and my older son at the time, my younger son wasn't born yet. We went and stayed at the Alani Hotel. <laughs> it's total touristy uh, thing. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> that's uh, what so you we do. Went, yeah, we went there and uh, uh, went to, what's that? Is it Pipeline? The big... They do the big, big surf, uh, surf contest. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. I just wanted to go in the water just to say, cause like growing, I'm, I'm from San Diego. Uh, so okay. surfing, yeah. surfing was, I didn't surf, but all my friends did. I skateboarded, but all my friends surfed. And I remember yeah. seeing like videos and like posters on people's walls of like pipeline. And I told my wife, I'm like, I just need to go in the water and then swim <laughs> out to say that I did it. And it was rough. <laughs> was Dude, it? The was it rough? Yeah. I mean, not the water. I mean, the waves weren't big yet, but like yeah. the, the sand is so like sink, like you sink. So yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. it was kind of hard to get out. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, you could say you did it, man. That's all that mattered. That was the whole point of it. Like I just needed to get into the water and like where we went in, it was kind of steep. Like there's yeah. like a lifeguard tower and it's pretty steep to even get in. Like you can't really mm -hmm. like hang on the beach. Um, yeah. But yeah, obviously, you know, but <laughs> try to get out. I was like, okay, I got out. I'm good. I don't need to go back and do that ever again. <laughs> you survived pipeline. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> tell all Just your friends say, you survived. I, I, I went in, I lived to tell about it. Um, <laughs> whereabouts uh, in Hawaii did you live or where'd you grow up? So I... I grew up mostly in Kailua, which is on the east side of Oahu. Okay. Yeah, a little, little, uh, cute little town that's now bustling with Whole Foods and Target. That obviously wasn't there when I grew up, but yeah, it's a beautiful sure. place, and you know, can walk or ride your bike to the beach every day, and it's pretty special. Yeah, I was really lucky to grow up there. That's awesome. Did you surf at all, or I'm, I didn't. I mean, you like you, okay. yeah. I feel like I disappoint everyone because they're like, "Oh, you're from Hawaii." uh do you surf and i'm like i'm sorry i have to <laughs> I disappoint you right now but <laughs> i love the ocean it's not really i mean i didn't grow up in a surf there's not really a surf spot in kailua necessarily it's more like 
bodyboarding and uh there's okay. like whatever it's it's windy so there's like wind wind gliding and stuff like that wind surfing oh, and stuff cool. like that but yeah. um i love the ocean never never got into surfing i do regret it i feel like at my age and with my height it's would be too hard to start surfing right now <laughs> just being out there getting thrashed around at this point oh, but yeah. uh it's not worth but it. I, <laughs> no, but I, I admire surfers because like you get to be in the ocean. It's like a meditative thing and they're all fit and like mm-hmm. sun-kissed and like you get all the good things, you know? Right. Yeah, I know. If you're the surfer, like all the chicks were about you and like. Totally. Like, they're the dudes like going to the, the beach at like five in the morning before school. I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> man, because that's I mean, it's addicting. You see it like people just quit their jobs and leave their families and go surfing, <laughs> yeah. move to like Costa Rica. Or yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly. that's funny. Well, how did you get into music? Do you have a come from a musical family at all? I mean, not necessarily. My mom uh, was raised by a single mom and she loved music and always encouraged um, a love of music. But and sang to me, even though she can't sing very well she would she jokes that um just tell her to stop <laughs> but um but she i think she she encouraged the love of music in me and culturally like in hawaii music is a big part of you know every get together and um i carried my ukulele around school and we play you know at at, at lunch um and every party kind of ends in a ends up being a jam session and it's not just like oh if you're a musician, you're playing, it's like everybody sings something or sings along, grabs an instrument. So in that sense, you know, music was a big part of growing up. Um, but it was probably like eighth grade or something. And <laughs> actually, uh, boys to men, the nineties R and B band. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to do that. Like, and I bought a cheap suit and I started a vocal group. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was awesome. I would have definitely been more popular if I had uh, picked surfing than wearing a purple suit to school in Hawaii as a <laughs> chubby, sweaty kid trying to sing. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> did you see like a so, video yeah. of theirs? Like what drew the boys to men or hearing Man, the song on the radio or something? Yeah, I mean, it was just I heard I think Motown Philly on the radio, and I don't know like what about it, but like yeah, I just heard it differently, and then. I heard a Stevie Wonder song, like an old Stevie Wonder song on the radio. Obviously I had known of him, but, Mm -hmm. and it just hit me differently around the same time. And I really can't explain it, but it just, yeah, just hit different. And all of a sudden I had already like played ukulele and kind of um, played piano a little bit. uh, And I loved music, but that was when it was like, it kind of shifted in me. And I was like, this is what I want to do. I think with my life. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I started, you know, in a singing group in high school and, we do all these acapella songs in the bathrooms and at the school talent shows and then ended up getting back into more island music island reggae and, and hawaiian stuff and so i started a little um, hawaiian band in in high school as well called the native boys and then um as a senior in high school um we had to market something a product around school and someone suggested that i should record some songs and we could sell that and oh, that's a cool uh, idea. A lo- yeah and a local studio offered to do it for free so we recorded a few songs long story short eventually they um, asked me to record a record so um yeah released my first little like island music album in uh, as a senior in high school and um it was really cool and, and fun and a wonderful experience and uh, but it was like the first songs i ever wrote and um you know and played on so they're pretty terrible, but, but I'm grateful I, for the opportunity. Yeah. I mean, they must've obviously saw something in you, t- the, the recording studio to be like, Oh, we want to help you put a whole record together. They obviously like the, like the one song that you decided to do that there. For sure. I mean, no, I wasn't like, I had definitely have potential and mm-hmm. I had been singing for a, lo- a long time. I mean, so I grew up singing in my closet because I I'm such an introvert and so shy. I didn't want anybody to hear me. So I would, I had like a little karaoke machine and I put it in the closet. So the neighbors couldn't hear. Um, but yeah, so I had developed some, some amount of skills. So I wasn't, mm-hmm. I, I was pretty good, but like, you know, the first songs you write or the first things you create as an artist, um, 
you don't necessarily, hopefully you, you grow and you look back and <laughs> are incredibly embarrassed by what you did, which sure. is the case. <laughs> okay. Did I read that you won like a songwriting contest around that same time? Yeah. So, I mean, basically the studio that I worked at put on the songwriting or not worked at, but I recorded that. Um, recorded that? Yeah. Recorded that thing for school. They put the songwriting contest on, which I entered and then I won. Technically I won the the little record deal that, that, that started it. Oh, okay. So you won the record deal yeah. and then you put the album, they helped put the album out. Yeah. 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 And the album does well, right? I mean, the so, day yeah, the record you did. I mean, I got played on Hawaii radio. Um, That's you know, huge. one of the, yeah. One of the beautiful things about uh, growing up there and doing Island music is there's a huge support system for local music and local artists. Probably, I don't know if another state has that same sort of, I mean, there's multiple radio stations in Hawaii that mm -hmm. predominantly just play local music, which is such a wonderful thing. So, um, yeah, that's, I come from the radio world. I did it for mm -hmm. a very long time. A guy actually used to work with, he ended up going, he moved to Hawaii and he programmed like a handful of stations out there. Oh, wow. But I can't remember the, the name of them, but there, it was obviously he heavy reggae. Yeah. Uh, yep. It might've been more of a, a mainstream reggae station, but I think he did a, a more than one. And what was his, his name? Matt Stone. I've definitely heard that name before. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. I couldn't, I wish I could tell you the stations that he, he programmed, but he, yeah. he worked with me in San Diego at a station called 91 X and we played a lot of reggae music on that station. Uh, too. Yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was more like my, after the first record it did. Oh, it did. Okay. I got to, you know, do the radio, my first, you know, performances on uh, local news and radio stations. And it was great. Um, That's cool. But it wasn't like my second. Yeah. I mean, with cool. being what you said, you were in high school and then when that first record came out, so yeah. being what senior in high school and, and getting your song on the radio, like that must've been a big deal at your school. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it was a big deal at my school, but it was a big deal to me. I don't oh, know. Right. But people weren't like, Oh man, you got a song on the radio. Like that wasn't like chatter around the, the halls. I think within a group of some of us it was but it wasn't okay. it wasn't like oh oh uh let's get his autograph at lunch no i was still oh, okay. like the, the quiet like <laughs> kid that walked around with his ukulele and i handed out like little um pamphlets that the label had made to encourage people to request my song on radio stations but i think i mean it was it was cool but it wasn't like i was a celebrity at school in any okay. sense of the word right 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 yeah yeah um it was my next album that i released a year after that or maybe two that that kind of put me more into the mainstream of like hawaiian the hawaiian music scene okay. um and so that was cool yeah i, I like, was very really lucky with that second record tell me about like the jump like uh, like what was the big difference in you know from the first to the second album yeah. I mean, I think I was just, I had grown and, and I did, um, uh, I covered a, uh, crazy love the Van Morrison song and did like a little reggae spin on it, which is something that uh, we do in Hawaii a lot. And that was a big, a big song. And, um, so yeah, I, at the end of the day, I had a bunch of uh, number ones on Hawaii radio, and, which was really cool. And it, it, it definitely like was a, a jump up from the first record and it, it allowed me to, um, feel like I could do this for a living and mm -hmm. um, I've not had a real job since <laughs> <laughs> that's cool Knock on wood <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no I think you're pretty you think you're in the clear now <laughs> I don't know man <laughs> uh, <laughs> well what takes you from like you know, you're, you're doing mainly probably shows there in Hawaii and, and getting like exposure and radio play in Hawaii. Like what takes you then to like, what, how do you get from Hawaii then to like LA or to the, the, the main mainland, I guess you would, you'd say. Yeah. I think we're calling it the continent or something like that now. I don't know. So we, Sorry. so we don't, we, I don't, yeah, it's, it's a new, new, new words. Um, uh, yes. I mean, you know, I love Hawaiian music and Island reggae and all that stuff. Um, but I always wanted to do more than that. So I kind of saw it as like, oh, I'm going to start here, but I love, you know, songwriter stuff. I love R and B and soul music. And, 
Um, so I always kind of aspired to, to, to leave and do more things. Um, so yeah, I ended up moving to LA and um, enrolled in an entertainment studies program at UCLA Extension, which kind of gave me at least something to be there for. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it was, I'm not naturally good at networking or self-promotion. It took a couple of years before I actually started gigging out in LA. Um, and I started just playing in like the cover bar scene. I was, my first gig was at Burbank Bar and Grill and I, it was seven to 12. So it was five hours. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, it was five hours. Uh, and I think I knew how to play like 12 songs on the guitar at that point. So I would just like cycle through them and hope <laughs> that the tables would, would like, clear out by then you said i mean but like people aren't fully paying attention i mean right a lot of times they're not paying attention at all <laughs> so it was it was a great way for me to kind of build up that skill set and um yeah so eventually i was you know playing three four nights a week doing these three to five hour gigs and i could work on new songs and get comfortable accompanying myself on acoustic guitar um and then eventually, you know, years later, I was able to start playing at some of the, the actual music venues like Hotel Cafe. And there was a place mm -hmm. called Temple Bar, uh, Genghis Khan, and some of these like music venues, um, which was great. Um, but it, it definitely took a minute to, to get acclimated and to figure out how to find my way in to the L.A. music scene. Mm -hmm. And do yeah. you just can like... Was it just kind of from there just slowly progressed as far as more and more shows yeah. or like what was kind of the next big moment? I mean, so, you know, I, during that period in LA, I had a couple close encounters of I, what felt like I was about to, you know, make it. Okay. <laughs> it, it, it the, in the meantime, I was flying home to Hawaii and putting other records out and I'd go home and play shows, you know, and get paid and have people at the shows. And then I'd go to LA and go back to playing at a bar where people are watching the Lakers game and I'm just kind of background music. So it was this interesting like dichotomy of going back and forth, but yeah, um, there was a couple you know, moments throughout where I met with some A&R people or some producers and I'd have showcases and think I was about to uh, get a record deal and all the dreams were going to come true. Uh, they never panned out and I was getting pretty cynical um, after a while. It was wearing me out, like playing these cover gigs for um, people that didn't really care. Um, and I had met Colby Calais, the pop artist who was mm -hmm. just starting to blow up on MySpace through mutual friends. And uh, we liked each other's music. I think she had heard my stuff in Hawaii because she goes there a lot. And we went out to each other's shows and it was just a nice, you know, uh, musical camaraderie. And mm -hmm. then she got her record deal and started touring. And, um, a few months later I got a call from, um, Tim Fagan, who's actually also from Hawaii musician who was in her band. And he was like, what are you doing next week? And I, I think this was like noon and I was eating a bowl of cereal cause I just woken up and just like, <laughs> And I'm like, uh, nothing. He's like, do you want to play the tonight show with us? And I was like, ha ha ha, wow. ha that's funny. He's like, no, no, no. We we're looking for a, an acoustic guitar player that can sing like a girl. And so I was like, <laughs> like okay. Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, they still for like formally had me come in and audition and, um, uh, and then, so yeah, I got, I got on the Colby gig and two weeks later I was on the tonight show, uh, playing guitar and that kind of changed the trajectory of, of my, of my life in many mm -hmm. ways. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I played with her from, from, uh, basically from the middle of her first tour and then eventually, you know, ascended in, in the ranks and became music director and got to write with her. And, um, and so that, that really was, came at a time where I was, I wasn't, wouldn't say I was going to give up, but I was definitely needing something to um, keep me from getting too dark. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could yeah. see how that could get rough. I mean, if you're, you're going home to Hawaii and you're playing big shows, you're getting radio play mm -hmm. and then you come back to Los Angeles and you're like, Oh gosh, I got to play these same, you know, whatever yeah. restaurant gigs. And is this yeah. ever going to work out? And then you get this, 
you land this opportunity and you, you, now you're on national television and it's, I, I, if I, that, yeah, like I, I would imagine anyone would be like, whoa, okay, this is fine. Like, this is what I've been kind of waiting for. Yeah. It was really validating in a lot of ways. Like I had never been known or really been good at performing. I think cause I'm so such an introvert. I didn't know how to be an entertainer on stage, even though I loved writing and singing. Um, mm -hmm. And this was the first time where I was actually getting complimented on my performing uh, because I just, I think there was something about being, uh, helping serve the songs of someone else and being in, a, in a, you know, giving the assist on stage that suited my personality more naturally, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just a perfect fit for my skill set because her songs, some of her songs said ukulele. So I got to play ukulele in the show. It was just like, this perfect little, you know, confluence of, of skills that they needed that I was somehow good at. And so, and like to, you know, get on salary, right. to be getting positive feedback about your performing to be, I mean, we got to, uh, one summer we toured with John Mayer opening for him. It was just, it was a blast, man. And it definitely felt really validating as a musician in a lot of ways. Um, and I'm so grateful for having had that opportunity and to get to play those wonderful songs. Uh, sure. for so many years yeah were you also working on your own records at that time or it was kind of you're yeah. doing that and that was paying the bills and you're enjoying it and kind of your main focus um the first couple years i mean because in the beginning she was so busy i mean we were i think on the road like nine months of the year it was it was all anyone kind of could do mm -hmm. um after a few years, yeah, I wanted to, you know, I felt like I was maybe my solo stuff was atrophying in a way that I felt I didn't want to just like completely go away. Mm -hmm. So um, I did take a break from her band for a couple of years to try and uh, focus back on my own stuff. And I think there's a balance um, that you can, that you can strike. A good friend of mine um, is David Ryan Harris. He's also my musical hero and he, he is an incredible songwriter and incredible singer. And he also is uh, John Mayer's guitar player. And he has been for many, many years. And he goes back. We both have <laughs> similar, his more extreme than mine, but like being out, you know, in a five-star touring situation. Um, and then, you know, he'll go out and do his solo tour. And I opened his last tour with, with him and we're just in a van together. And <laughs> he's booking his own hotels and like, it's just, such an interesting, you know, right uh, balance, balance right. of the two. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, he, I know he loves playing with John. I love playing with Colby. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's not like you're um, sacrificing a part of yourself to do it. It's just a matter of making sure that you, you know, each thing can feed the other thing. But at some point, sometimes if one is taking away from the other, then that can be a, when there's an issue, you know? Mm-hmm. Were you still going back and playing at all in, in Hawaii at the, during those years? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, uh, for the most part, I, you know, since I'd moved, I'd been back every couple months. I, I did live in Nashville for um, a few years and I went back uh, way less frequently. But, um, but That's yeah, where I'm at now. That's cool that you lived here. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm from, yeah. from San Diego. I've only lived here uh since february of last year so very new oh, to, wow. the, to the town but <laughs> we love it yeah here. yeah that's great man i was there uh until about a year and a half ago i was there for almost five years wow yeah did you live in so, yeah. actually in the city i'm just now i'm curious <laughs> like did you live in or did you live on the outskirts i live man. south okay yeah so uh we kind of bounced around we were in green hills for a bit uh brentwood oak hill i was in franklin for a bit that's where so, I yeah, live. Okay. Oh yeah. You're in Franklin. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So I know, I know where you're, I know the areas you're, you're like Williamson County is where you're kind of yeah. like trickling yeah. around. So I'm like, okay, that's yeah, yeah. I, I know where you're at. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. So, um, I mean, Colby and I were in a relationship together. We moved sure. to Nashville together. Um, and yeah, I didn't want you to have to go down that. I, I wasn't trying to like pick at that. <laughs> oh man. Okay. It's part, of, part of the story, man. It's, okay. uh, it's life. Uh, so we moved there together and I mean, this is a perfect segue to the last project that I did, which is mm -hmm. we started a band with uh, Jason Reeves and Nellie Joy, two of our friends and um, in the country, country world called Gone West. And so mm -hmm. we spent 
couple of years making that record and about I think we spent about a year out doing uh promoting the first single before COVID hit but um it was a great experience to be in Nashville and experience that writing scene and um I think we made a great record that I absolutely love and um even though the band's not together anymore the music is there forever mm-hmm. and, uh, with I'm just actually curious with that band. My only question is, I, I knew it started in here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what's the Malibu connection? Was it just a lot of people from Malibu originally that moved to Nashville to write the record? Because I think there's something well, it says, like at least on the like I, I saw a couple of things about it, and they in, in Malibu's mentioned, and then the the rec on the the, the yeah Instagram the front page cover is shot in, the, in the, Malibu, actually the cover right? of the record is shot in Malibu. Yeah, yeah. okay. I mean, Colby was born there. Jason okay. and Ellie own a home there. So they go back between Nashville and Malibu. Oh, so that must be the... Yeah. So we okay. shot we shot um, some video content around there. And then we ended up doing a photo shoot that and that made the, the cover of the record. Okay. Near that's Jason and Ellie's house. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, and so you think, were able to play that record uh, before COVID? That was something that happened or you, you put out and then you're mm-hmm. what, supporting it and then COVID hits? Yeah. So we, I mean, <laughs> we spent about a year on the road supporting our single, What Could Have Been, which a uh, song that I love that we wrote with Jamie Kinney. Um, and it, uh, it was hanging out in the country top 25 and we were about to go do more radio station visits. And then it was the shutdown. And obviously... You know, you don't, you just, you don't know it's going to be forever. Two years. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, oh, cool. I got a week off. This is awesome. Right. Um, But as it persisted, it was, you know, we were at sort of a crossroads of like, well, are we going to start promoting a a new song now, which will be another year campaign under these strange Zoom circumstances, which we did for a while, but um, it kind of felt like, you know the the band started organically we just started with one writing session just for fun Mm -hmm. and it sort of ended the same way i was like ah it kind of feels like maybe you know that that was this kind of gone west season is over for now and um you know we're proud of what we did and let's let's figure out what's happening in the world and and move on to our other things okay and this is when you when do you start working on this this new batch of songs that you've been releasing yeah, so I started a little bit after that. I mean, there was a lot of a lot of change because you know the band ended. Colby um, and I ended our relationship. Mm-hmm. Not that had nothing to do with the band um, breakup, but it was about the same time and the same time that COVID happened. So it yeah, was a lot. A lot. Of, lot, a lot happened in your life yeah, there. And yeah, a lot of change. A lot. Of, a lot of change, and you know, I was home as we all were. So I was home alone for months and months, and feeling feeling my feelings and uh you know just had to start writing are you in la now or did you move back to hawaii so i moved uh i moved to santa barbara from nashville okay yeah i was i'd always wanted to live there and um i was like well i don't really have to be anywhere specifically right now since everything is still kind of closed down Mm -hmm. um and i was like well this is a great time to just see what it's like so I loved it there. I was there for a year and then uh, the place I was renting sold and I had to move out a few months ago and I've literally just been jumping from Airbnb. I'm in a hotel room right now with my two pups and my car full of stuff. And, um, <laughs> Are you still in California? I, I'm still in California. I might be heading back to Nashville. Though. Wow. That, way. that would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Just living the gypsy life. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. Well, yeah, we love it. I mean, obviously, you know, you lived here longer than I have or, but yeah, it's, it's great here, man. We really, really love it. Yeah. It's just such a cool vibe and just everything about the town is awesome. I mean, obviously we don't, you know, we don't live in Nashville, but the outskirts are very like (laughs) basic suburb lifestyle, but it's slower and we love it, man. The, the, the having seasons and just for sure people being so sweet and you yeah. know, it's just a different pace and lifestyle here. I, I just, we really, really love it here, but um, that's what do you amazing. miss most? Of, what do you miss most about San Diego besides family or whatever? Uh, well, yeah, my family and my wife's family are still there. The Mexican food. Yeah. Yes. Hands, hands down. 
yes. Seriously. Yes. There, I will say there's a place in Spring Hill mm-hmm. called California Burrito. Oh. And it's owned oh. by... Have you been there? I feel like I've heard... Because among people from California that have moved to Nashville, that's always like... Where's the best Mexican food? <laughs> right. So I feel like I've heard that thrown about before. I've never been there. Okay. So what's weird? When we moved here, I didn't know like all of California is moving here, which is really weird. Everyone's like, oh, you're yeah. like a 19th person I've known that's moving here from California. I'm like, oh, really? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a place and it's owned by a dude from Chula Vista, which is like South San yeah. Diego. Yeah. And yeah. His uncle and like they own a place in Franklin, in West Haven, Franklin called Oscars. So it's okay. and, and they're similar taco show. I mean, they're but it's it's pretty close. I mean, I yeah. would say I'd give it ninety percent of what San Diego. The only thing they can't pull off, and I I don't know what it is, and I actually should have have a conversation with the guy about it because it's really interesting to me. <laughs> They can't pull off the tortilla. Like it's, I feel like they went oh. to Kroger and bought like mission tortillas oh, and then just, shoot. but they can make all the, like the, the inside, the fixings are there, but the tortilla, it sucks. It sucks. The tortilla is such a big part of it. Though. It's massive. You get a good tortilla, man. That's like, whoo. Yeah. You just eat those straight. Oh, right. Okay. It's just a different thing. It's weird. Like you yeah. go, I mean, LA, I'm trying to think of Santa Barbara burritos. I lived in San Francisco for a while and they claim that the burritos are good. Eh, not, not close to like <laughs> San Diego, Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. The, the tortilla that is just, it's a, it's a different ball game. It's interesting, yeah. but oh, man. maybe they should you gotta, fly you gotta some make in. those joints. You got to make those <laughs> joints in house, man. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't understand. It has, it has to be something to do with the ingredients. Maybe they can't get it or I don't know. Yeah. I need to do a deep dive into this. <laughs> you should ask. You should ask. Sorry, I lost yeah, you I for a second. You said oh, you anyway, uh, I need to know if, if if I move back there, I definitely need to know what's up with the tortilla situation. Yeah, I'll keep you posted because I definitely <laughs> okay. need to have a conversation with this guy about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> but that's the one thing I mainly miss, to be honest. Um, but I, I do. We love it here. Um, that's so, a great answer. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I want to talk to you about the new songs you put in. You back, uh, back to the blue is the newest one you've released. Do you have yes, like a? Yes. Is it gonna? Are you gonna be putting out like a full record or a, a EP or like? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I have a new record that I believe will be out uh, April 29th Oh, cool. Um, a month yeah, from but I've been dropping a few. Oh, yeah, it is a month. Been dropping a few songs from the record. Um, yeah, I made this record mostly at home or Airbnbs as I was traveling about and, um, you know, sent out songs to other people to play on via, you know, remote email um, communications and stuff like that. And I really just wanted to write something that I loved. And um, that's kind of how I just operated. It kind of took the pressure off of all the other things that come into your brain of like, is this cool enough? Is this going to be successful? And I just tried to return to the idea of like, do you love this? And if you do great. And so, yeah, I made a record that I love and I tried to be super um, open and honest about things that I was going through. And, um, and uh, yeah, so I'm really excited to share it. Uh, Released a song called still can't get used to the end, which is one of my favorite songs that I've ever written. And, um, one of those songs that, as they say, was uh, seemed like it was dictated to me. It just kind of fell out of me in a in a day, which never happens. I spend months and months working on songs, and um, I just love that one so much. And then, yeah, most recently, I released a song called "Back to the Blue," mm-hmm. which um, kind of has a little bit of an island reggae undertone, and um, just kind of talks about our journey of life and compares it to uh, each of us as individual raindrops uh, making our way back to the collective whole that is the ocean i love that uh, with still um, uh i'm just real quick on still can't get yeah. used to uh the end you said that kind of just fell out of you was there like something like a moment that happened then you're like i'm just gonna sit down and write this or was it just like i feel like writing something now and then pff, there it came I mean, I feel like when I feel like I want to write something now, nothing happens. <laughs> so, okay. um, 
uh, hey, well, I mean, yeah. So uh, I, the idea came, I was, you know, I was going through a breakup and, mm-hmm. and being isolated from the world as we all were. And uh, on one of my long dog walks that I did, I, the idea for the song, just based on what I was thinking, I was like, man, I've been through endings. I've, you know, I've lost people that I loved in my life. And I know that everything is temporary. Um, and yet I still don't feel like I'm handling this end, even though, you know, I know everything ends and I know that life by nature is ephemeral and everything changes all the time. And I'm still having a hard time dealing with this. And so that's how the idea of, I still can't get used to the end came about. And then I just had that concept for a while. And then one day I had my guitar and noodling around and w- initially when the song started coming out it because it's kind of a waltzy like uh six eight kind of feel and i felt like it was almost like an irish drinking song or something just the feel of it which is not the style that i write in um, <laughs> but i was like well i'm not gonna i'm not gonna judge it like mm-hmm. just come on out however you want to come out and um and it turns out to be yeah my, my favorite song that I've written so far. So amazing with yeah. the with the new record you you said uh, it was recorded and written or at least written in various what Airbnbs and in mm-hmm. over the course of the pandemic. But was it recorded there as well? Do you have like a, a portable rig that you were just kind of using, and it, that's what we're hearing on the album? Yeah. So I mean, I recorded um, it predominantly in either it was in in Nashville. Or Franklin at Airbnb or uh, at the club. But yeah, I just, I have my little home studio set up and then I would do, you know, vocals, guitars. Uh, sometimes I'd play bass on stuff and do the programming. And then I would go like, oh, I think, you know, my friend Will Gramling would be great on keys. Uh, I'll send a track to him and then he would play on it and send it back. And, um, or, um, maybe this Lauren will be great on bass. So I sent it to them. I mean, the beauty of it was like, everyone has a home setup that they can record on. And it was, a, it was a way for other musicians that I love to work a little bit too, during mm-hmm. the pandemic. And, um, you know, everyone that played on it, I just, uh, our friends of mine who I love and love their, their music. And they also added to, to it in a beautiful way. Very cool. And the record, yeah. are you doing a tour for the record at, or nothing set in stone yet? Yeah, nothing set in stone. I have a few things kind of uh, simmering, but, uh, but yeah, nothing set in stone. Uh, I hope to be maybe getting back home to play at the Blue Note in Hawaii sometime around the release and maybe do something at uh, Hotel Cafe again in, in LA. Um, uh, other than, yeah, I mean, I have, a, I have some stuff in, december but that's a ways out so hopefully some Mm -hmm. other things start bubbling up yeah very cool i did see uh, some videos of you on online you know playing your guitar and kind of singing was that something that was hard for you to to start doing first i mean as an introvert i'm a very introverted person i can do these interviews like this because just i'm kind of i can be on it for but like if it came to my life i'd just be like you know i'm like (laughs) very closed in like yeah i'm here yeah. in the comfort of my own home very like <laughs> or like i was on the radio like i'm in a room and nobody else is around me right uh, but you know kind of being out in the in the you know especially with the internet like everyone can just go you know everyone's watching you like was that something that was kind of hard to do or i mean so i think two things i mean the the performing thing is a little bit easier cuz it's like okay i'm on here and i'm playing a song for you or whatever the problem with that is that I have a hard time liking anything that I do. So it's like, I'll do 50 takes and I'm like, this is crap. And I don't post anything, but um, yeah, I think I'm not, I haven't, I, I think I'm pretty open to sharing my, like, cause you know, as a writer, as an artist, you kind of, your job is to be open and be vulnerable and share things, but it's easier with someone like you is asking questions. I feel very, unmodest just sharing a bunch of personal stuff unprompted as if i presume that other people care <laughs> like some people they don't do have an care. issue with that <laughs> i don't do know care. i don't know if people i mean i'm sure some people do care but like it's just it, it 
it's against my nature to be like, Oh, look at me. And let me tell you what I'm doing. And Hey guys, I'm like, the same uh, way, man. Like, yeah. it's so funny to hear you say that. Cause that I, we have similar personalities. In that yeah. Sense for yeah. sure. <laughs> it's easier. It's easier. Right. When you're set up in a mic and the, the setting right. is I'm going to interview somebody rather right. than, yeah, because this so is it, when I do this and this is just my own perspective is like, this is about you. No one comes right. to this podcast to hear what like, listen to me. They're here because they want to hear what the artist has to say. They don't. I'm just oh. the guy. I'm just the mouth asking the questions. They're, I don't know. That's how I feel about it. And that's just kind of so to me, that makes it it's, it's easier for me to digest knowing I'm just here to ask the question and I'm yeah, yeah. that I'm curious about. And Justin's yeah. going to answer it. And people care yeah. what his answer is not. For, you know, the stupid question yeah. I'm asking. <laughs> right. And, and, but, but to be, to be fair, I mean, people tune in because of the questions you ask and because they like you. I mean, like, you know, the podcast that we all listen to, we, we listen, I don't follow around, you know, guests. I follow around right. hosts that I enjoy. Right. So that's, a, um, but yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I get what you're saying. Absolutely. Like it, it is way easier. And almost, I mean, like it's if i show up at somebody's place and they're like oh we have a guitar will you play for us i'm like ah it's just way <laughs> harder than if you're like here's a venue with a stage and a microphone and we're in a setting where you're supposed to be performing for people mm -hmm. and you than, know your set list you kind of know what yeah, you expect yeah. now like here's a guitar do something you're like yeah, uh. yeah. <laughs> i feel like that's like asking a comedian when they come in tell us a joke yeah like, make me laugh uh, right okay <laughs> That seems probably harder. I, I feel like it'd be way. <laughs> I, I admire comedians so much because to just get up with nothing and a microphone and to be able to, I, I, and the way that they hone their craft is, uh, and fail. You have to oh, be yeah. so willing to mm -hmm. fail so mm -hmm. often in front of people. I just, I admire that so much. No, I, yeah. I, that's something that yeah. I would just, I get anxiety thinking about it. Like having to stand up on a stage and try to like be funny. And then when, your first two jokes don't land and you still have like seven oh, minutes up there. Like you're just oh, like, what I just pull like a Rubik's cube out and <laughs> you know, try to do something. Oh, <laughs> do you now do you MC events? I, I used to, when I was on the radio and it was terrifying. Okay. <laughs> Even that was terrifying. No, that, I guess that wasn't as terrifying. The most terrifying things honestly was when it was, there's going to be a massive crowd of people and they're going to watch you interview this person. And to me, because, well, now it's like I have more experience, I guess, doing interviews and being around people in that sense. But like right when I was early and young at it, it was like terrifying because it's like not only am I like not comfortable being in front of all these people, but I'm talking to a band who have probably uh, been in a million interviews before. Uh, and then I'm this guy that has to be in front of now everyone watching me ask questions to these people. And it's kind of have to be like. To me, that just the whole thing just like was a recipe for like a nightmare. But it, <laughs> nowadays, like I could do it because it's I've done it enough. I've done these. I've, uh, we've posted over a thousand interviews of the show. And yeah, uh, it'd be easier for me to just vibe off the person. Um, but like yeah. in the beginning, man, that was that was the thing that really was. Oh, man, I really don't want to do this. Because then you're not only if you're flailing about in front of a crowd you're doing it with a band that you may admire or you right know, yeah, yeah yeah and then you're stumbling and everyone's like what the hell is this guy? and if you're on a station <laughs> that you know that's like a notable one they're like this clown they've hired this guy it's just like all these things that kind of like come into your brain and you're like oh man but did it yeah. ever go as did it ever go as badly as you feared or did they always go pretty well uh one time it didn't go very well <laughs> and I still think about it to this day and I'm like, oh. yeah. but the, the, uh, to, to be fair, the artist was not having it. Like they just didn't oh. care. Like there was two people on the stage in the band, well-known band. I'm not going to name drop because it would be awful. I, I could tell you off of the camera, but um, <laughs> one guy was willing to answer questions and, but the guy willing to ask your questions really wanted to see the band that was on stage because we interviewed him at one of our oh. shows. So this band was playing and that he wanted to see and the other guy just didn't care at all and was just kind of giving me smart ass responses. So then it's like, and not only that, like my boss and all these, the big wigs of the station are there. So it's like, I can't really vibe and kind of poke back. So it was yeah. just like, I was kind of in, yeah. a, in, a, in a thing. And I just like, yeah.
It wasn't a that, great that, situation. That seems like it wasn't your fault, though. That was. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I guess what, thinking what back, I, could, I, I don't know. I guess maybe yeah. I could have just kept going and asking more questions, even though I knew that they weren't feeling it. I think the the reaction, knowing that they weren't having a good time, not because it was me, just in the sense that it was happening, like made me just even overthink everything. It's like, do I even want to ask another question? Cause are they just going to keep giving me stupid answers? And like, how yeah. is this going to continue to like this train wreck and to continue to be even worse? Or do I just nip it in the bud, ask them one more question and say, thanks for your time. And so that's what I ended up doing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Well, so. never interview Oasis again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's not who it was, but that's interesting. No, that'd be awesome uh, if I had a chance to interview Oasis, <laughs> <Yeah>. but <laughs> not them. <laughs> oh, but, man. I never yeah. thought about it from, from the other side of the table, but I'm sure because a lot of those bands, I mean, and you know, we we did it in Gone West when we're doing a lot of promo, but mm-hmm. you're doing so many interviews one after another. Sometimes they're just the same questions, but I mean, it's kind of your job, especially if the interview is being earnest and, you know, cause sometimes you'll get, you know, some clown. jokey, some clowns that are just, you know, just want to hear themselves make stupid jokes at your expense and, you know, right. But right. For the most no, part, completely. It, yeah. yeah. So I could, I mean, I definitely could see how bands can get kind of jaded by that, but I mean, if someone's earnestly asking you questions, it's like, it's for you. I mean, I guess it's for the station too, but like, I don't know. It wasn't. Yeah. And I, and I'm, and I honestly, like, that's one thing that I'm so happy about not being in radio anymore. It's just the Mm. stupid interviews. Like the, the ones where I'm like, this artist, a doesn't care at all. And you're asking them like what your favorite burrito places in San Diego, like (laughs) how many times, like who cares? No one cares. (laughs) <laughs> like i don't know or like or the okay 90 questions and you know 90 like the games like yeah, to me, yeah that's yeah, just so yeah. cheesy it's like i mean how many games did you have to play i mean there there are a few yeah there are a few. i mean <laughs> right. it, it, it's interesting because it's normally like the morning radio right is, is the most wild uh-huh. and then if you do like uh you know the more indie stations then they're like very music centric and want to hear about the craft and so mm-hmm. yeah it's all over the map you, you sure. know i guess i was coming yeah. for more yeah the more of the morning i wasn't on the morning show i'm just co- like those are the type of shows i would think of and then think of like an artist being like oh man like they that's probably the the interviews that they cannot stand because not only do you is it early but you're probably dealing with somebody that thinks that they've got a you know big old head and that they're running this, the, the, and then it's like, okay, we're going to make jokes with the artists, make kind of like subtly yeah. make fun of them and then ask them questions that are really irrelevant to the record. And then you're yeah. just there like, can I just talk about the song that I'm yeah. going to put out and hope that you play it more than one yeah. time? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I did a Hawaii radio sh- promoting a show. I was in Hawaii and all the guy did was like, what's it like sleeping with Kobe Calais? And then they would play like sound effects of like whips and chains and stuff. And oh it was so absurd. Gosh. And then like, they didn't even play my song. They played like some other thing. And later that day I had to go down to the station to do an in-person thing, completely unrelated. And I walked into the wrong studio and that guy was in there. And I think he thought that I was there to like, kick like his fight ass. him. <laughs> Cause he was like, <laughs> Oh man. And I was like, Oh no, you're good. I'm here for something else. But yeah. you're like, but my, my bodyguards will be in here in a minute. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. And that's in, in to be like transparent. Like that's why I said, I don't need, like when you, I didn't go, I didn't want, like when I, when you'd say like, you know, we're in a relationship, I was yeah, like, I'm yeah, not yeah, trying yeah. to even like pick at that because it's not, that's not the, my agenda or the purpose of this show. At well, all. that, <laughs> and, and you know, that that's the respectful, nice way to go. And then someone like the artist can lead you there if they're willing to, I mean, it's what we all go through, you know, it's part of life and they're mm-hmm. in part in a huge part of the music that I've made and part of my whole, you know, accumulation of all the experiences that i've had or she's a huge part of it and always right. will be and and we're just, we share dogs and uh we still love and respect each other completely and so i mean i don't you know i i invite it in because it's i, I include my life into my music which is the mm-hmm. only real way i want to make music so i'm, I'm I, always open to, to those and i love that and, I, and I, again i appreciate you being transparent i mean and and saying that because 
I, the last thing I want to do is have an artist on that I'm just like, feels like I'm just prying for like some yeah. sort of answer. Like, um, you know, TMZ or some trash. Just some dirt that you can yeah, yeah, throw like on clickbait to title the podcast. Right. And that's <laughs> yeah. the thing that I don't, I don't have any time for that. Cause I don't think that that's uh, <laughs> yeah. like benefiting anyone, but um, thank you so much. Justin, this has been awesome. I do. I really appreciate you doing this. This has been so oh, man. cool. I, I'm honored to be invited on and I love what you guys are doing. I think it's wonderful to be able to hear people's story to get to where they are in their musical career. And, uh, so I really appreciate the time, man. Of course, of course. So the record's coming out in a month from yep. today, and hopefully you'll play Nashville and move here. Uh, yeah, we'll go <laughs> get a burrito and get some. Yeah. Uh, get them to make some fresh tortillas. Fresh or bring tortillas. There you go. <laughs> yes, you should bring some from California with you. Yes, and then yes. we'll, we'll just ask for the tortilla on the side and dump it all in there. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> that's the plan <laughs> all right i have one more quick question for you i want to know yeah. if you have any advice for aspiring artists yeah i would say um although it is maybe harder in the beginning i would say lean into the things that make you different um rather than uh i think trying to imitate the things that you love i mean i think imitation is a big part of uh, becoming an artist like we all do that and we all you know uh, that's how you begin and how you pick things that you love and incorporate them into the things that you do but find the things that make you unique which is you know if you're a writer your life experiences because no one's lived the life that you have your voice is going to be like no one else's because it comes out of your unique biology um, and lean into those things and i would also say um to me, uh, talent is something that is mostly earned. A, a lot of people just go like, oh, you're so lucky you were born with whatever. And I'm like, I sounded terrible for a long time, but I loved it so much. Um, and if you look at people that are masters at what they do, they all have put in the time and the work and no one just comes out being amazing at things. So, And that is really empowering once you, um, as a philosophy, because it means that you can, you know, if you're not great at something, you can be. So, yeah, those are the two main things I would say. Bring it in that world.